Now are you ready? Some weird. Are you ready now? I'm ready as I'll ever be. Hello, everybody out there in Marillion land. Firstly, as is becoming tradition with this podcast, I would like to start with an apology. Oh. I'm just sorry for the tapping noise that was in the first 40 minutes of last week's episode. Oh, yeah, and we don't know. Well, we don't know if it was you I don't or think me. it was me because my legs were folded up. Were they? Yeah, mm. they folded like an origami. One of us. But anyway, it stopped after we got up for a wee. That's when it stopped. We obviously moved the wire. Well, today, just in case, even though I don't think it was me <laughs> last week, yeah, I have moved my microphone to the, sa- to the side. I hope the sound's okay. If it's not, we'll make another apology next week. Yeah, we'll just, you know, we're just setting ourselves up for <laughs> apology future segment. apologies. <laughs> yeah, we should just have that at the top of every episode. <laughs> apology segment. This week's apology comes to you. <laughs> Sponsored by... Uh, Sponsored by our microphones being in the wrong place. Com. I mean, it's a bit weird having it where it is. But yeah, anyway, we'll get used to it. Anyway. I noticed that, that you that, haven't that, moved that, the position that, of your microphone. No, because it's, it's all right normally. It's all right normally. No, because I You think have got your legs folded I've up, moved, though. I've moved the wire this time because I was, I think, jiggling my foot on the wire last week a bit. Were you? Yes, it, yes, it probably was me. Yes. Anyway, hello everyone. I'm Paul Rose. I just talked over you. Start again. Jesus. Sorry. I was about to introduce. No, introduce yourself. Say who you are. No, you haven't introduced yourself yet. I did. I just said I'm Paul Rose. You talked over it, so you wouldn't have heard. So start. I think everyone wants to hear you say your name. It's it's important. Hello. Are you shut shut up now? Yes, maybe. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) That's that was me being whimsical. It's funny. Laugh at it. Hello everyone, I'm Paul Rose. You're listening to Beampod. I'm here with my wife, Sanya. Oh, hello. I never say her surname because she choose chose choose to choose. She she choo choo chose to take my surname. <laughs> I choo choo choose you. What are we talking about this week? Well, that's a good question. It's going to be a bit of a funny episode, not funny ha-ha, funny... Uh, I'm sure we can get some funny ha-ha in there. I'll bank on it. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll try. It for, doesn't, matter, doesn't it, mean we'll succeed. But we're on 39 episodes and we haven't managed it so far. <laughs> <laughs> no laughs today. Well, you seem to laugh a lot. At myself, that's it. Um, yeah, it's going to be a bit of a sort of uh, linking episode in some respects because uh, we're post-radiation, obviously, which came out in 1988. Oh, well done, Sonia. Brilliant. Brilliant. I didn't, Brilliant. I didn't know that was there. Yeah. <laughs> you You're going to knock it again. You literally just n- knocked it again and it nearly fell. A, well, that's for a all, I, time. all I seem to do these days is knock water bottles over. So, we're in 1998 ish, post radiation, pre And this was the era as they were going into their final album with Castle. Uh, and. Without a manager, really, who cared. <laughs> Sorry to Rod Smallwood, but he didn't exactly kind of put them at the top of his list of priorities. Um, and Marillion was sort of looking to the future and kind of going, well, you know, our sales are declining quite dramatically. We're not getting promoted. Um, they were popping up on... Now the neighbours have bloody started banging against the wall. I don't know if any of you can hear that scraping in the background. They're obviously doing some archaeology. 
they discovered in their in their living room wall some dinosaur bones and they're excavating it gradually they're going at it with a chisel and some some brushes yeah all right you finished you got your velociraptor have you right i think they've stopped probably heard all of that didn't i know that's why i'm not saying anything so they'll think that i'm not here so they can hate me or they'll think (laughs) i'm insane they'll think you're insane talking to yourself they're still banging Still banging. I've forgotten what I was saying. Yeah, so this is the era when Meridian sales had declined. Uh, they were disillusioned with the record deal that they had had for two albums at that point uh, and were looking to, to do things differently. So Meridian started putting out a lot of albums. <laughs> what I mean by that is live albums. Yeah, at the start of the year uh, in 98, it was Tales from the Engine Room, which was the remix album with the positive light of this strange engine, which we're going to look at some point when we get to uh, Anarachnophobia, because they released a remix album following that. Now they're playing Bagatelle next door. Oh my God. You don't even know what Bagatelle is, I've do you? I've got no idea. You've looked at me. <laughs> Everyone, if you'd like to write in Something until... to do with marbles? Something like that, yeah appropriately enough um i was talking about anarachnophobia though so um yeah they released an album uh of remixes fan remixes in that case um after anorak uh so we're going to look at tales from the engine room and anorak at the same time sort of look at certain meridian remixes that they've done over the years of songs um so that came out and then they set up racket records i think initially to provide the CD that was given to those that raised the the money for the This Strange Engine Tour Fund, if you remember that. Oh, right. Yeah. It was an album that they called Rochester. Ah. Because it was recorded in Rochester. (laughs) And they set up Racket Records. That was the first, I think. Specifically for that. I'm sure someone will correct me if I'm wrong, because people love to do that. I'm sure someone will tell me if I'm wrong, but I think that was officially the first release, although it wasn't available commercially. Oh, right. You couldn't buy it unless you're contributed to the tour fund. Do you have it? No. It's still banging. Can you hear that? The day that the kids aren't dragging the anchor around. Yeah, the kids have finally parked the anchor. (laughs) (laughs) They finally dropped anchor. The anchor's chain and is whacking it against the wall. If... um, doesn't matter. No, say it. No, it's terrible. I'm not going to leave it in the episode. Oh, I want to hear it, though. I was going to say, if uh, um, a, a wasp goes to sea on a boat, does he use a bee anchor? <laughs> <laughs> it's not very good, I told you. It's an attempt. It was hot. We'll hot. give you a biscuit for that. Right. So, um, so the first, the, the first proper Marillion album that came out on Racket, I think, mm. was a live album called Piston Broke. Oh. Oh, hang on. How do you spell, <laughs> how do you spell the well, first it's, word? It's funny you should say that. Piston, P-I-S-T-O-N. Oh, it was. Okay. Broke. However, it was a, yeah. pun, it was a pun because Marillion said at the time they were pissed and broke. Oh. <laughs> so that's how the title came about. That's good. So uh, it was the first of many, many Many live albums. Really? I had no idea there were that many live albums. Yeah. Genuinely had no idea. Well, they then set up a couple of years later mm. um, uh, the Front Row Club. Have you ever heard of this? Uh, maybe from you, but 
That's how I met many of my millennial friends. That's it, friends. that's yeah. it. But uh, that was basically, you know, hundreds of live albums, literally. Oh, Once that's you... what you get when you sign up for the Front Row Club. Yeah. So I was going to ask you, what's your opinion on live albums? Do you think they're worth it? Do you like listening to them? Or are you kind of the thinking that, oh, I've heard it, I don't need to buy it? Well... But being, <laughs> I'm guessing that being a member of the... Front Row Club means you do like live albums. Well, I'll be honest. Um, the Front Row Club, when it was set up, if I remember, there was sort of the promise of events and things to go to, hence how I met certain Meridian fans. And I think you could pick and choose how many out of which of the, the live albums you wanted. I think you paid a fee. Mm. Then that gave you a certain number of albums. If I remember that, may be wrong. We will cover the Front Row Club when we get there. Mm-hmm. But... Um, and it was set up partly to combat bootlegs and piracy, which was out there. It was like Marillion's official bootleg selection. So the right. albums weren't given a, a you know, proper mastering or kind of you know production. Mm. They were just put out as they were recorded off the, the desk. Some were better quality than others. But what you did get and what they did put out were some of the quirkier shows. So you got kind of odd covers or rare tracks that they didn't play very often. Oh. Oh, that's great. Um, so they were good. I like. I really like the Front Row Club, and it's a shame. I, I was gutted actually. And you when like out? You like out live albums? It depends. Oh, okay. I'm not. I didn't buy Piston Broke. I still haven't bought it to this day. What have you streamed it? I uh, know. I did, no. well look. The the selection of tracks was all right, but I wasn't. We'd only had Made Again, you know, a few years before. Mm. Made Again was the live album that came out on EMI after the end of their deal. There wasn't much on Piston Broke that I kind of went, oh, I really need another version of that song. Mm. So I didn't get it. Um, yeah, don't forget, we're sort I, of I'm also... I'm shocked by that. Well, we're also in my phase where my oh, Marillion fandom had slightly waned. Yes. So uh, this is after Radiation. Uh, yeah, yeah, this is... this Yeah, is the, yeah the Radiation Era. Era. <laughs> the, the Radiation Era. The, I can't as, say it. You weren't as fervent as you had been in the past before that no. you were. No, but I was still keeping an eye on what was going on. Mm. Yes. The other thing as well that was that, that that happened before we get to the main thing that I wanted to bring up this week mm. was the remasters series, the EMI remasters, which all their EMI albums were re-released over a year or so starting in 1999 which was the year dot com came out but i wanted to mention it here while we're talking about the the glut of marillion content that came out around this time that they had to really in order to keep going yeah, you know this stuff oh, it was emi that had decided to put out the remasters but you know all this sort of stuff was helping the band stay afloat mm. do you think that uh, ultimately putting out such a glut as you said of content helped them well it helped well it, no it did like not just financially but helped keep them fresh in people's minds i think it did the remasters especially i think the remasters which of course famously were orchestrated by lucy jordash who later became uh both manager to the band and wife of one of the members you know she did a brilliant job because she was a fan yeah uh, you know genuinely a fan yeah and the remasters you know these double cds for when they started coming out, I mean, that for me, each one was like a new album release. I was that excited because you got, 
you've got sleeve notes, which I loved. I loved the sleeve notes. Yeah, you know, good but, sleeve notes are always yeah, worthwhile. Yeah, demos that I hadn't heard. In some instances, tracks that I hadn't heard that have been demoed. Oh, wow. Um, a newly polished version of the album. And, you know, in the case of Clutching at Straws, effectively a whole album of tracks that were recorded post-Clutching at Straws, you know, which we covered yeah. when we looked at the album. Those remasters were very much instrumental in keeping my interest alive in the band and remembering why I'd fallen in love with him in the first place. And we're talking there as well, not just the Fish Era albums, but sort of Season's End. Because mm, a know, few years had passed yeah, since yeah. Season's End. Not season's that End, many, Brave, Afraid enough. of Sunlight, all of those. Yeah. They, they it just, you know, having a chance to buy them again, but with extra stuff and kind of go, yeah, I do love this band. Good on Lucy then. Good on, well, good on EMI. It was Lucy, I think, who... Oh, who, it was EMI that it, it was did it. Lucy's I was so confused. Involvement. I thought they weren't with EMI anymore They weren't, they weren't, but EMI still hold, held those original albums, the rights to them. Oh, I see. It's now, EMI's gone now. It's now, I think, Warner's. Oh. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the, all the EMI albums. So it didn't know this strange engine or radiation remasters. I got it. Okay. Okay. Yeah, Everything I up- thought that they privately remastered the no, 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 albums no. that had come out on EMI. I didn't realise EMI was involved in yeah, the Yeah, yeah, EMI paid for it. So, you know, they do this, they, they, they money, try and milk. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. the same reason we're getting the deluxe versions now. Right. You know, it's another way to sort of make money out of a back catalogue. And But Lucy's involvement made sure that it was a decent package. Mm. Yeah, the, the version of... Um, I can't remember who, because I wasn't really planning to talk about this, but there's a version of Afraid of Sunlight on the Afraid of Sunlight remaster that's just H and a piano. Nice. was just him kind of tinkling kind of late at night or something in the studio. I think it was a couple of versions, and then Lucy heard these bits on tapes because she went through all the tapes, and with the help of an engineer who I can't remember who at this time, she basically put it together. Um, And we wouldn't have had it otherwise. It's a really lovely bit of music. Yeah. Loads of great stuff on those remasters. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, I think it probably did help. But as well, I didn't want Marillion to disappear. You know, I always mm. held out hope that, that one day my faith would, would be rewarded, that they'd still got it in them to produce the music that I felt that they could, you know, that would chime with me again and resonate with me. Even though, as we discussed last week, I liked Radiation. Mm. Yeah, I like bits of The Strange Engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was still waiting for that album where I went, I love that album as a yeah. whole. <laughs> um, and I, I kind of always knew it was possible. So, yeah, they, they started putting out as well DVDs and VHS. That's when the DVDs started. Well, yeah, it was their first one, Zodiac, which was recorded at the Oxford Zodiac, which was a gig, apparently. They did a few nights, I think, at the Zodiac. I went to one of them, but one of them. Um, Stephen Wilson was there and I think that was when they happened to say to him they were having some trouble with the production on .com and either they asked him if he wanted to have a go or he stepped in and went oh I can have a look and listen and see what I can do Um, anyway in amid all this they released another album on Racket which I think at the start of 99 before .com had come out which is for my money my favourite Marillion live album more so than Thieving Magpie more so than Made Again it, it's Unplugged at the Walls which is a great title 
It's a great, yeah. Do you know why it's called Unplugged at the Walls? Because where they played was a restaurant called The Walls. Oh. And it's an unplugged stroke acoustic album. Oh, right. It's a restaurant. Uh, and so unplugged at That's the Walls. That's why you were talking about getting free food for two weeks. Exactly. That's, well, yeah. You'd I get thought The Walls, because yeah. I was Im- imagining some, like, place with these giant ancient walls. Okay, no, what are you thinking cathedral walls, are you? No, not cathedral walls, just <laughs> big stone walls. Why? Because it's called Unplugged at the Walls. Oh, even though the cover's like a, a just a regular plug and some wires, like plugged into a regular wall. And you imagine some sort of weird ancient wall. Ancient walls, yeah, and and in within those walls they'd created like an auditorium. Hmm. That's very interesting. Anyway, thanks for ruining my, <laughs> <laughs> thanks for ruining my fantasy. Where they've been recording um, or, or writing songs, they there was a restaurant down the road and apparently, I think, uh, I don't know how it came about, but anyway, in return for free food, they offered to play a couple of gigs. Uh, and it was uh, meant which- to be... Oh, hang on, sorry. Yes. Oh, hang on, sorry. I'm talking. Mm, yes, yes. Oh, hang on, sorry. Oh, hang on, sorry. Paul's just talking. Let me just listen to him for a minute. <laughs> no, I, oh hang on sorry paul and paul's just saying so let me let me just have a little listen to what paul's saying sorry paul go on um, <laughs> i'm worried about forgetting what i was gonna ask anyway you probably have now so have i it was only meant to be low-key in, in classic meridian fashion uh loads of fans heard about it and of course turned up so you were gonna yeah. say sanya well that's what i was gonna say um wondering where this place was because listening to the album people had come from all over the world yes, like really usa canada south america where, which country is the walls in it's in oswestry which is uh either in wales or england <laughs> it's in the uk yeah i have I mean, been in there in my head it was like in europe somewhere no 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 I should look that up, shouldn't I? Wow. And uh, people flew across the world. I've been to Oxford Street, but I can't remember if it's... It's it's, it's near Wales if it's not in Wales. Because mm. I know I, I go th- I, you know, go through it, but I go to Wales. <laughs> uh, you've probably been there. <laughs> you make it sound like you're always going off to Wales. Uh, yeah, I've been a lot of times in my life, though. Yeah, I haven't been for ages. Miss Wales. Yeah, we'll go. Miss Wales. I love Wales. Yeah. What was I doing then? You're saying, I miss you, Wales. Wales song. Yes, well done. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Did you actually say that was awesome? Wow, I married the right person, didn't I? <laughs> I can make some noises and she thinks it's awesome. <laughs> I, I must admit, at first I thought you were doing Chewbacca. Well, it's similar, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Yeah, if Chewbacca was underwater, he would sound like a whale. Whales are Chewbacca's of the sea. Yes, yes, but shaved. Yeah, bald Chewbacca's I'd, of the I'd sea. I'd like to see what Chewbacca looked like shaved. Anyway, back to Marillion. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, COVID. Um... <laughs> So, um, I mean, it's one of those Marillion shows that, you know, well, two nights, two shows, which is how I think might be a mix of the two nights that have been seamlessly edited together. Uh, It's one of those shows that I wish I'd been at. You know, Mm. there's a, I've been to quite a few key Marillion 
shows over the years where I've kind of gone, yes, the bloody glad I was there to see that. You know, like when I fell down a hole and stuff. No, <laughs> stop joking about that. People were crying. There were genuinely people crying and traumatised by that. It's a horrible thing and he hurt himself. You're laughing at his misfortune. I cut off the laugh. The laugh stopped. You're still smiling. Not. I bite my lip. You're biting your lip. So, back to Marillion. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of those shows that I wish I'd been at. And I, I love it because they obviously, you know, it's an acoustic show, as the as the title gives away. But they there were some really interesting choices of, of songs in there that are reworked that you wouldn't have expected. You know, mm. they didn't just pluck out all their acoustic sounding songs and play those. There's, there's some really lovely cover versions, mm-hmm. but also not the obvious choices. And in several cases, I think they're my favourite versions of those songs. So I think... For me, it's an album that I, I want more people to hear. Yeah, it's definitely worth a listen if you haven't heard it. Definitely. Like like H's solo album. Yes. It's like, yes. Yeah, I think it's important on this I podcast agree. to champion some of these Marillion yeah. releases that have been slightly forgotten or sort of you know, consumed beneath the, the, the mountain of other live releases over yeah, the years. I haven't heard any of the other live recordings, but... This one is definitely worth listening to. Well, there are two. What I will say, um, there's another live album stroke DVD stroke at the time. It was a live stream that they did called A Piss Up in a Brewery that was also acoustic, which is also quite good. Not quite as, um, for instance, there's there's a version of Alone Again in the Lap of Luxury on Unplugged from the Walls, which is basically sort of acoustic reggae kind yeah, of version. Yeah, absolutely. Genius. Whereas the version on Apis Up a Brewery um, is much more just an acoustic version of the original track. They right. don't really rework it. Yeah, they really put some effort into some of these songs. Yeah, and it really on works. Unplugged at the walls. Um, but there's also Less Is More, their bona fide studio acoustic album that came out some years back, mm. which isn't the most loved of their albums, shall we say. Can we just say... Good name for an acoustic album. Less is more. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose. Kudos to whoever came up with that. I mean, I would say it's probably the most obvious title for an acoustic album other than like Meridian Acoustic, but... Um, <laughs> <laughs> well... Okay. It's pretty obvious. Fine, you're just jealous because you didn't come up with it. It's always like Meridian, I don't know, raw, Meridian in the news. Unplugged. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But Less is more is clever. Meridian without their trousers on. <laughs> Trouserless. T- sh- oh, sorry. What has that got to do with being acoustic? I was thinking of like stripped back. Ah, Marillion stripped. Marillion in their pants. Marillion in the nude. Yeah, nude. Oh, only sonically in brackets. N- nudes of the world. <laughs> Marillion, nudes of the world. <laughs> and then in brackets, just yeah. sonically. Just so- okay. <laughs> just getting a bit unwieldy as a title, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's getting it's all getting a bit of my heart yeah, it won't, a ball it won't, roll uphill. It won't, it won't even fit on the cover yeah. of the CD. So less is more. I don't love it particularly. It's right. all right. I think it's got a decent version of Interior Lulu on there. More of which a decent version. More of which next 
week when we do, or week after next when we talk Marillion.com. Well, it takes out the that's not in it. Your favourite bit. Yeah, yeah. But I would say for me, the de- definitive Marillion acoustic album is Unplugged at the Walls. It's brilliant. And mm. everyone, go and listen to it. I well, mean, let's, go and listen we to have it. been, it is... and we're going to have a little chat about it, aren't we? We are. It also led to, it's also worth saying, it led to some years later. Um, <coughs> oh, the, hang on. You all right there? Marillion did a series of um, acoustic tours, just um, Pete, Rothers and H. Um, oh, wow. Which they called what, them, around the UK or around the world? I think they went to America as well because it was cheaper. It was cheaper. That's it, bottom line. Oh. <laughs> so it was just the three and they called themselves Los Trios Marillios. Oh, right. Uh, okay, I saw I've them. Heard, I've heard that before. You saw them, did you? Do it, you not think that Ian and Mark felt a bit they left did. out? I think Mark has said that, yeah, he did feel and they left did, out. They then, didn't go like, we're going to do our own duo and travel the world, just with keyboards and drums. That would be horrible. <laughs> no singer. <laughs> My, no I singer the audience can sing. I suppose you could do a kind of tangerine dream thing with that. That might be all right, actually. It anyway. might work. Yeah, the, when I saw Los Trios... It was the weirdest thing. It was, um, I don't remember if it was. It was a lovely venue somewhere. I travelled quite away with it. It was with my friend, it was with Seb and Anthony, I think. Lovely venue by a river. But we went in expecting, you know, the usual sort of gig thing. But after the first song or two, everyone just started sitting down on the floor. We all did. We watched the gig, sat on the floor. Like it, sort of cross-legged. In a, it was it a proper venue? Yeah, or was it, it was a, a bit smaller, of a smaller, venue? slightly smaller. But so it, it was really, cozy. yeah, it was really nice. It had a sort of, you know, you kind of like, oh, it's the sixties again. Oh, I bet H loved that. Yeah, but he does like people bouncing a bit. Oh, okay. Because uh, I remember seeing them at the Union Chapel years mm. ago, which had which has pews. Right. And everyone, you know, you're in church, so you're sitting down. After about the third song, I said, look, can you just all stand up, please? I'm kind of, I'm not getting anything back from you. Yeah. That's not the church in Oxford, is it? No, no, no. This is, it's in Islington. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's a lovely venue. Mm. I've, see, I've seen Marillion there and I've seen H there. Maybe I've seen H there more than once. Anyway, great venue. So yeah, so I'm plugged at the walls. A lot of people say it's the definitive version of Beyond You. Yeah. Including our friend Richard. I agree. It's it's an absolutely gorgeous version of Beyond You. I don't know about definitive. It comes close. I mean, I have to say, I didn't notice a massive difference until the end. Yeah. But then the end is just yeah. Beautiful. It's got a kind of it, absolutely beautiful. The ending's quite sort of almost driving, kind of upbeat, kind mm. of like you know, it's yeah. got that guitar shuffle thing going on there. My only issue with it, with it is. The very end, that dun, 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 dun. You don't like end. that? Well, I kind of want someone to go, ole! <laughs> <laughs> After it. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, I don't know. For me, it's on a par with the original. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it can supplant the original because I love, I really love the Phil Spector. Sorry to mention his name. The Phil Spector, uh, sorry again to mention his name a second time. <laughs> Why can't you mention his name? It's a murderer. Oh, what? Phil Spector got done for murder. I didn't know that. Yeah. Just cast a slight, you know, uh, a slight shadow over, well, most, of, most why, of the music in the 60s. Do you think that's why H doesn't want to talk about Beyond You? 
no. No, dear. That's not why H doesn't want to talk about Beyond You. It's got nothing. Don't mention Phil Spector. It's got, it's got nothing to do with Phil Spector. Going down. See what? Going down. Going inside in the slammer. In old Chalky. <laughs> no. Um, no. No. <laughs> just, just no. I wasn't taking it seriously. The other thing on Unplugged with the Walls, mm. Unplugged with the Walls, Unplugged from the Walls is the track listing is different because there's songs that n- will never get an outing anywhere else because Marillion are obsessed with playing up-tempo songs at their gigs. Oh, like what? Well, Afraid of Sunrise. That yes. never gets played. Mm-hmm. Uh, now She'll Never Know, which was getting its sort of debut outing here. Now She'll Never Know never gets played? No. It's too, well, unless you go to Marillion Weekend or something like that. They right. never play that on a regular tour. Ever. Oh, wow. Because, well, for a start... It's such a gorgeous song, though. But, yeah, I get it. It's, I guess, live you want songs that are going to be huge and it's quite a subtle song. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I've, I... Uh, part of the problem with Marillion, right, live, isn't anything to do with Marillion or it is to do with their past. They, they still have a degree of an audience that is there for a rock concert. Mm-hmm. And I think they know that. And I think that's why each album, even when it's one of their more proggy albums, you know, let's quick, let's ch- chuck on something really up-tempo and, and rocky. That they can play live. Yeah. And I have witnessed it at many a Meridian gig where they, they have decided to play something quiet. Mm. And you can still hear twats talking at the bar, you know, and people talking through the song. Right. Um, and on top of that, I have witnessed H loses temper with the audience. During uh, a quiet song. During a quiet song, and I either have to start it again. I've seen that at least twice. Oh, dear. Yeah. Um, I mean, I get it, because he's he needs to be in the zone, and yeah. if people are talking, that takes away from his being able to be present, doesn't it? it takes yeah, him out of yeah. The, it takes him out of the moment if he has to feel the song and sort of enter the spirit of the song. And it's a shame, because I think... In some respects, it, it does hold Marillion back creatively. Mm. That audience. Uh, sorry to blame everyone. Yeah, I know. Who's just like blame I'm talking audience. about a certain audience, right? Who are there for a piss up, you know, to get drunk and have fun with their mates, uh, rather than be there to just let the experience wash I over mean, them. From any Marillion gigs I've been to, I'm not sure I've seen that kind of audience that you're speaking of everyone's been really respectful it can be i did see h get upset with the lady once because she had christmas bells well yeah she, he was trying to play a song at one of his christmas gigs and this woman took it upon herself to, to yeah to play well you can explain it to play she, along with the song oh well, the thing is i was i went to the loo before <laughs> there was like a little break before the song started and i, I she was in. She was by the sink, so she must have been putting on this bracelet with these tiny jingle bells on them. <laughs> so I saw her preparing herself. Oh, I didn't know that. And then, and then we, it was like, <laughs> I wonder what she's doing at the sink, okay? Um, and then we, you know, went out, and he started the song, and we heard the jingling. Well, it put him off. He, he abandoned the song, didn't he? Yeah. I can't remember what song it was, but it was at the, the One Hundred Club in Oxford. Yes. Street. Yeah. He abandoned the gig. Oh, not the gig, but the song. He didn't get cross that time, but I... No, heard, yeah, sorry, he didn't get cross. But... I have heard him lose his temper. As in, well, specifically, I remember at one gig, he just stopped the song and said, I can't do this shit if you're talking. Oh. And, yeah. 
it was a bit like everyone like ooh, but but he's I been, totally you know in order totally to be up on stage takes a lot of energy yeah and you know imagine how long he's rehearsed for he's putting himself all in yeah, emotionally rude. and mentally I completely understand why he'd get frustrated it's really it's really rude but I think they're aware you know we tend to see them where do we see them in London or at the Marillion weekends yeah you know I mean come on Marillion weekends right I've seen people passed out in that tent have in, you in Port Zealand I yeah. haven't I yeah you, what yeah. Where have you been? You know the security table as you go in? Yeah. I remember going in there one night and someone literally passed out. Literally on the security table, yeah. Oh, wow. I've, yeah, I mean, come on. I've I been... mean, that's a bit different because they're away for several days. Hmm. Dutch beer is stronger than English beer. <laughs> I mean, they might not have been English anyway. Uh, um, so I think it's a bit of a different situation. You can't blame them. Okay, but I've still because like it's not like none of us here have ever have you been ever, a little bit tipsy well, come on, at a Sanya, have you, No, that's very true. But have, have you ever Paul? been to any Marillion gig where someone hasn't shouted Grendel? I'm not sure I have. Even well, I now. haven't been to that many Marillion gigs, but yeah, I suppose every one that I've been to, even <laughs> even still Marillion, yeah, <laughs> someone shouting Grendel. Yeah, well, you expect it as still Marillion at least. But look, the, yeah, what I'm saying is. Um, yeah, bands like, I mean, they're not really together anymore, but the Blue Nile, who H cites as an influence, they can play a gig where the audience is sat down and will listen and hang on every word because mm-hmm. the Blue Nile never came through Kerrang! like Marillion somehow did. And yet Marillion have evolved into this band that is much closer in a lot of ways, I think much more... Much more so, sort of kindred with with a band like the Blue Nile or Talk Talk than they are with Iron Maiden, for instance, that they used to be associated with back in the day. Mm. You know, they've become a very different thing, but they still have some of that audience there that that don't want to put in the work to listen to something that that's slower and quieter. Um, mm. But I, and yet they had very successful nights at the Palladium and the Royal Albert Hall, which were seated. Which I loved those nights and I loved it being seated. And they I, were I, packed. Look, they were packed with people. At my age, I'm happy for every Meridian gig to, <laughs> to be, be seated. seated. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, my back by the end of Port Zealand. <laughs> I'm always so jealous of the people in that that stand at the back. Me too. Yeah, you know, when we get to sit in it during Swap the Band, it's oh, like, oh, it's bliss. It's absolute bliss. I'm going to try and get a wristband next time so we can sit up there. How do you get a wristband? You just have to be quick. Oh, and it's not a very big section, so no. you're going to have to be extremely <laughs> yeah. quick. I'm going to try. I'm, I'm serious. I'm going to try. Really? Yeah, I'm applying. That'll be great. I mean, I do like standing up as well, but I think it would be great to sit oh, down. Look, to but you have the, the option then. To sit down, yeah. I will sit in it by the final night. Great, lovely. Yeah, oh, <laughs> final night, seated the whole time. Oh, the best. Absolutely. So, yeah, so I think it holds them back a bit because I think they've always got that, I don't know, it's just what they talk about. Who knows? It's me coming back to me going, oh my God, they're doing an up-tempo album. And I'm scared. Uh <laughs> I thought you'd you'd reconciled yourself with the new album being up-tempo because you realised you liked Radiation. To a degree, yes. Although we did only talk about that in our bonus episode that hasn't gone out to our... Did we? 
uh, yeah, our bonus episode on Patreon. If you'd like to support us, www.patreon.com slash MrBiffo, M-R-B-I-F-F-O, where you get bonus episodes and episodes early. Yes, I talked about it in that. Oh. Um, and why I was reconciled and feeling a lot more confident about it. Anyway. Oh, oh <laughs> yes, I remember now. So I suppose um, I've loved it when Marillion have done their acoustic stuff because I think they do it very well. Uh, and I think it shows as well some songs that, such as Alone Again in the Lap of Luxury or or The Space or King, yeah. where they've been pushed into a rocky place. When you, you see how good they are as songs when they're stripped back like that. Mm. Yeah, all three of those songs that are on here, I love. I mean, the acoustic version of The Space, that sort of bluesy kind Gorgeous. of shuffle. Yeah, I mean, I have to say with The Space, I like both versions equally. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Um, But... The acoustic version is just as good as the album version. Yeah. And it really works. Now, can I just ask you something? Sorry, because I've just seen it in my notes and I meant to ask you it when I came home this morning and forgot. I don't know if you want to put it in the podcast. Or why, why are you saying that? Because you'll see why. Um, so after the space, H says, Ian's currently... <laughs> Ian's currently under heavy sedation in order to make this show possible. Well, yeah, was because... that when he had... No, oh. it's not when he was on Prozac. Well, it might have been. I was it... like, <laughs> no, why is he saying he this? He might have been, but the joke was that normally he's like... <laughs> oh. It's a joke. God. <laughs> You're going to have to do apologies to you next. You're going to have to start apologising to yourself for making jokes that you don't get. Yeah, I don't even get my own jokes. Um, yeah, so... Yeah, Space is a great example because he's like just literally that sort of brushed drum sort mm. of sound. Uh, but yeah, again, going back to tracks that you don't hear very often. Yeah, Runaway is another one. I love the version yes. of that on here. Um, Holloway Girl. Again! Not a song I, that I really like that much, I, but I love the version on here. I know. Prefer the, this version of 80 Days, partly because it's it's slightly shorter as well. Oh, was it? <laughs> yeah. Mm. Um, as the album version should have been. Then you've got um, the original version of, version of Answering Machine, because, of course, this album uh, was recorded pre-radiation. So Now Shall Never Know and Answering Machine were debuted that night. And so this is the Jethro Tull version of Answering Machine, which I do prefer. I do like I do like the album version, but I like this. Why are you calling it the Jethro Tull oh, version? Oh, because it's a bit folky. It sounds a bit Jethro Tull. Oh, right, yeah. right. I didn't know if it had a flute in it. Oh, was, oh, was, oh, hey, everyone. We, we, we watched, we watched um, Prog Rock at the BBC last night, which had Jethro Tull on it. Awesome. <laughs> Sanya was rather taken with Ian Addison's fruit, flute playing. Fruit playing. Imagine <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he was playing a fruit. <laughs> I've seen him before. I've seen him before. Yeah, um, he's got a talent with that flute. Yeah, so the version of King I really like. Really like the version of King on here. Yeah, I prefer the version of King a lot more. Maybe again, acoustically. As I always say, this is my disclaimer with King. It's just because I've heard it live so many times. It was this? I've not heard the acoustic version live so mm, many times. Maybe. And, and it refreshed the song for me. Uh, Gaspacho, love the version of it on here. Didn't really notice a massive difference with Gaspacho, well, I, I have to if say. If you listen to them side by side. 
Yeah, I, yeah, that one I have. Uh, some of them I did listen to side by side. That one I didn't. But um, yeah, I thought the Gaspacho was nice. Oh, and of course, hang on, hang on. Yeah. Two of the other most con- controversial, no, two of the other most uh, dramatic reworkings, Cannibal Surf Babe and Hooks in You. Yes. Which are both brilliant. Yes. Yeah, especially Hooks in You. Yeah, an acoustic Hooks in You. I mean, that was, that was, I didn't see that coming. It was like... Du, 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 du. Yeah, <laughs> it was... Yeah. Was it, would you say it was bluesy or was it? I don't know. And at one point yeah. I'm like, is it like a cabaret song? Yeah, it like, almost is. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But um, it was yeah. the guitar doing the hooks in you riff. And then the, the keyboard along with it. Yeah. And the keyboard sounding like an organ yeah. along with the guitar riff. It was just beautiful. They That was that was a piece of art. Yeah, it's genius, isn't it? Definitely. And then... Um, <laughs> Three cover versions where I think with the choice of them, with each of them, it, you kind of go, oh, right, so that's the song that influenced that Marillion song. <laughs> really? No, yeah. tell me more. Well, fra- I didn't think that at all. Blackbird? Yeah. By the Beatles? Yeah. You ever heard the, the Marillion song Faith? Mm, no. You're going to. Oh. <laughs> and you'll go, oh, yeah, that sounds like Blackbird. But uh, when I listened to Blackbird, it was like, it's all actually no. All three cover versions are so perfect with H's voice. Yeah, they are. He can really do them justice, and he he actually enhances them. Yeah. Well, Abraham, Martin, and John. I oh, think, I is love just... that song. I mean, already love the song. Yeah. But having H because he's got that emotional depth and that ability to express emotively through mm. his singing. That it's it's such a great song for him to sing. Anyway, Born to Run. <laughs> what? Oh, that, you think it sounds like Born to it Run? It doesn't sound like Born to Run, but I'm telling you, that is the song they went, we really like this song, let's try and oh, write think, our version of it. I think you it. mentioned it when we talked about Born to Run. Nah, okay. I mean, didn't it didn't really jump out, but I'll take your word for it. Uh, fake plastic trees. Well, you can name any number of songs. The, ho- the whole album, radiation. Well, no. because it has uh, "rady" in the title. Well, yes, I told you they were, you know, trying to court a bit of Radiohead's audience by going, "Well, we're as good as them. Look, and they, oh, they, they copy Brave to for OK Computer. No, no H, no, they didn't H. <laughs> that never happened. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's there's a Radiohead influence in Now She'll Never Know. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. Mm. Uh, but but their version of Fake Plastic Trees, I like more than Radiohead's version. Do you? Yeah. And I love Fake Plastic wow. Trees by Radiohead. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah. Okay. I like them both equally. Yeah. It Definitely, it's no less. It's... What? No less? It's... <laughs> <laughs> When it goes silent, you can't finish your sentence. <laughs> um, definitely, it's just as good as the original. Yeah. Okay. Did we talk enough about the reggae song? Well, what alone to get in the lap of luxury. Yeah, that's amazing. No doubt suggested by the blackest member of Marillion. Oh, mm. you went there. We all know who that is. I mean, I d- that's exactly, that was my first thought when the song oh, came well, on. Well, he did introduce a lot of black influences to Marillion, oh, don't forget. Don't forget he did that. Steve Hogarth did that. 
<laughs> I have been saying this since the start of this podcast, particularly since Fugazi, that Marillion's rhythm section, Pete and Ian, do sometimes have a kind of reggae kind of reggae energy you listen to incubus it's reggae there's a reggae beat under that really yeah i've said i said it at the time oh. you listen to incubus yeah and it's not the only example you know they had a, a you know pete because pete his influences are so sort of widespread mm. i think yeah um he doesn't play like a prog rock bass player which is ironic and i guess because... he's got the ability as well he's got the skill to be able yeah, yeah. to do different kinds of genres what is interesting sorry while we are talking about pete mm. um is uh around the time this album came out uh pete had a very nasty um traffic accident oh did he what happened he was on his bicycle and hit by a car he wasn't fully then involved in everything to do with Marillion.com. Oh, my God. That's, I mean, he, he obviously contributed really to serious. it. That's really serious. It was a serious, it was a serious accident. And I've heard on the grapevine that the accident was, um, well, on the grapevine, I, I mean, I've kind of read it in an interview with Dave Megan as well, that the that accident was a bit of a turning point in Pete's life. And although he wasn't fully well enough to, to do so on Marillion.com, you can really hear... Pete with a new energy by the time Anarachnophobia comes around, which is the album after dot com. Oh, new, new energy in what sense? He's, like he's amazing or? on Anarachnophobia. Anarachnophobia is very much Pete's album. Right. Because so you were saying he wasn't involved with. He was, but they, they had to do some much. of the writing and recording without Pete. Because it was he a was, long recovery. Yeah. Yeah. So Pete was sort of getting himself sorted. Other things that happened. Uh, around this time. End of 1998, uh, the first Marillion fan club CD came out. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. What was on it? What was on it? Well, do you want me to tell you what was on it? Uh, sure thing. Wasn't as good as it got late, later. Do you know also who came up with the idea? Who? Our friend Simon Clark. No way. Yeah. Really? It was his idea. That's and, so cool. And there's been either a CD or a DVD every year since from the web fan club. Oh. As part of your uh, membership. Uh, what was on the first one? Marillion's Christmas Message. Uh, cover version of the Christmas song. Christmas, the night in Um I'm not sure. I'm not familiar with that one. Oh, that one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Then you add um, a bunch of bits of, um, or excerpts from Marillion.com where they were up to at that point. So you got a bit of Tumble Down the Years, um, a bit of the intro of Interior Lulu and a bit of the middle excerpt of Ooh. Interior Lulu. Do you reckon so it's... Like little, I've never heard it. Do you reckon it was... <laughs> just that bit. So you didn't get that CD? I wasn't a member what at the time. What were you thinking? Oh, I'd let, I'd let my membership lapse. Fan. But... <gasps> Poor but, Rose. well done, Simon Clark, because it was those CDs that, that got you back out in. That got me back in. Yeah. Um, this was the only one I never got. I joined after this year. Oh. The other things that were on it, there was um, they ran a karaoke contest. How does that um, work? Which they had karaoke versions of uh, Cover My Eyes, No One Can, Beautiful, and These Chains. So people would send in them singing over it. The winner was Anne Bond, who uh, Anne 
I think is involved with the web now. She wasn't at the time, I don't think. She was a school teacher. Mm. Um, she also, do you remember at Port Zealand, there's always, there's um, a book that, that everyone sort of signs and they raffle it for charity. Right. It's Anne organises that, I believe. Oh. But um, but she got her class of kids, her school, to sing Beautiful and won. Uh, she got to record it at the racket club. I bet, I bet that sounded great as well. Yeah. Uh, it was on, I think it might have been on the following year's CD. Because uh, I have heard it, so that's you, how I oh, know. That's how that I one. know I was. Oh, that's um, that's yeah. a genius idea. Yeah, which Listen. I guess you could only really do if you do work in a school. Yeah. Wow, absolutely, that's brilliant. You like that, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. So that's all been a bit bitty this week, but it's that's it's okay. kind of bridging a gap, yeah. and I just wanted it to gives sort us of... a it gives us a greater sense of what was going on at the time, and also. Actually, I was going to say this at the beginning, but I forgot. Um, one thing I liked about listening to the live album, which you don't get on a studio album, is the chatting between songs. Yeah. Because it gives you a bit more of an insight into H and his personality and into the band. Well, that was partly why I liked that, the, the Front Row Club that I mentioned, because they were, for the most part, unedited. So some live albums, they'll leave a bit of chatting in, um, but not all of it. Mm. So you don't get the full experience. Some live albums take it out completely and just go from song to song. Mm. Um, but the Front Row Club ones really left everything in. Yeah, uh, it just it adds a, a little bit of extra character to yeah. the album. And it makes that album unique. Yeah. So if you're thinking, what's the point of listening to it? It's all songs I've heard before. Well, not only are some songs completely different, but you've also got this unique, I don't want to say chatter, unique. <laughs> unique chatter. Unique. We have Incessant babble between the songs. <laughs> <laughs> Incessant drivel <laughs> that just pours out of the singer. This unique. <laughs> <laughs> <It's> banal. <laughs> stream of consciousness <laughs> that he opens his mouth and it just honks out of him <laughs> hits you in the ears unique bit of conversation yes the other thing of course with live albums mm. uh sorry to go back to the front row club but i don't know if the walls was guilty of this but it's well known that most live albums aren't entirely live um, the, oh, the band, I, d- I didn't know that. The band will come in and re-record any fluff lines or any bits that they don't like. Marillion have certainly been guilty of it because the Thieving Magpie, mm. there was this slightly awkward situation where both Fish and the band weren't on speaking terms and in the process of sort of, you know, legal action and all the rest of it. Oh, but no. they basically had to take it in turns to go into a studio to re-record bits and Fish would record, you know, some vocals on one day and then the band would come in the next to record... Some stuff. Um, but yeah, with the walls, I don't know. I mean, it sounds like it's quite raw. Yeah, um, it, it does. Yeah. And if it's not, well, they've done a good job of disguising the fact that it's not. Well, you, yeah, you don't want it to suddenly, like, you know, have a completely different sounding guitar over, just over the top. of. Yeah, or clearly it's, like, been mastered and is in a yeah. studio and... Yeah, so... Um, it's got a raw kind of sound to it. Yeah, it sounds... It, well, but it gives it a warmth. It does. It it's gives it character really warm and album. A, a warmth. And that's partly why I'm not a huge fan of Less Is More, the, the, acoustic, the acoustic studio album, because it 
sounds a bit flat if I'm honest. Mm. It hasn't got the warmth that the unplugged at the walls does. And it could also be because you know, I mean, there's one song where the cheering from the crowd went on for ages. Oh yeah, there's a whole three minutes at the end of before the encore. Yeah, it's like <laughs> just like loads of clapping and, yeah. and whooping. That didn't get edited out, did it? <laughs> Maybe they got the audience. Maybe there wasn't any applause, and they got the audience in to re-record it. It was just like really tepid applause. <laughs> yeah, get them back. Yeah. We need. We need to do this bit again. Overdubs. So the last thing, just to mention, because there was a bit of news happening this week, was the uh, or last week, as you listen to this, the Fugazi Deluxe Edition um, is up for pre-order. Mm. Uh, out on September, September the tenth, tenth CD and Blu-ray box set plus uh, vinyl versions, and I'm very excited because it's the final. Uh, no, it's not. They still got. It's not the final one, is it? Because uh, there's still Seasons End and uh, Holidays in Eden to come. But I guess it's the final one with Fish. Final one with Fish. This is the end of their collaboration with Fish. Ooh. Yeah. Does it when stuff like that comes out? Does it make you wish that you collected vinyl? Um, yes and no. <laughs> um. Yes, well, no, because I know I wouldn't look after it like like certain people do. And yes, I wish I did because I love vinyl. Mm. Is there something special about there it, is. isn't there? Yeah, um, but I just I just can't be trusted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> so, it's horrible, but it's true. <laughs> Just be a waste of money. <laughs> it would, yeah. Oh well. Um, Stream everything. But the what's on there? There's there's one little disappointment on there, and one that I think I got excited. <laughs> well, you're already disappointed. Okay, you've got the remix of the what? album, but they haven't remixed Cinderella Search. Oh. Right, misplaced childhood. You had remixes, an amazing remix of Lady Nina, and a, a decent one of Freaks hmm. B sides. Why not do Cinderella Search, which is Sorry, probably the best song of the Fugazi era. Mm, did they say why they didn't want no, to remix no, no. it? Maybe they yeah, yeah they did. They the did. They put out a statement just so we couldn't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> they wanted to keep the purity of the song um, in its original state. But what is in there is the seventy-minute documentary about the making of the album. But mm. then there's another thing where they go they're going through it track by track, which I'm really looking forward to. With their commentary. I don't know whether it's another documentary thing or it's video or whether it's just audio but I'm really who's talking to that. though the band don't know. or I don't know oh you don't know I yet I haven't heard it yet ooh well that, that could out. be interesting yeah and then there's demos and all the same sort of stuff there always is the you know the Blu-ray master of the album and all that and sleeve notes new sleeve notes photos so it starts being sent out on September the 10th well, that's the release date. I don't know if we're going to get it then. Or... Just in time for Christmas. Well, not really. <laughs> Are you going to wait till it's Christmas? It's not really just in time it? for no, Christmas. No, look it's at not... your face. You're like, no way. Well, I've already pre-ordered it. Yeah, I know, but it depends when you get it. I'll get it hopefully September the 10th. Oh, right. What are you talking oh, about? What is going on? I don't know. What are you... Are you even listening on this week? <laughs> are you even listening to my words? <laughs> what are you st- I thought they started sending it out on the September the 10th well okay well then hopefully most of us will get it September the 11th if they all get sent out the same day yeah what's it got to do with I Christmas I don't know look this is completely what? irrelevant my god just yeah anyway you can order it either from Fish's website 
Um, Meridian's uh, website, if you're one of the first 4,000 orders, you'll get a signed print. Um, which I'm, which Were you like, one of the first 4,000? I don't know yet, but I'm sure I'll look after that just like I did all the others. Um, <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. <laughs> You're genuinely happy when you receive it. You're overjoyed. And then it just gets thrown to the side. Well, look. It doesn't have Fish's signature on there. Okay, right. it's just the four members of Meridian. So that why is were... that any less valuable? Oh, come on, look. Right, I'll tell you the things that I've got that are valuable. Okay. My CD, oh, I know it's in the shed, but, you know... Oh, it, good luck to it, It's then. in the shed the in shed, a box. Hopefully not the shed that got flooded. My signed CD by the band of Let It Be, which is one of a kind... Mm. I mean, there's no point mounting that because it's literally just a, a, a recordable or rewritable CD with a signature on it. Right. <laughs> um, and the thing Mark gave me, the original poster. Yeah, that's be- oh, well, we've put that up on the which wall. Which is up so. on the wall already, which is, you know, the original, you know, script lineup of the band have signed that. Mm. That is properly valuable to me. Thank you, Mark. I love you for yes, it. Yes, it. abs- um, it's actually gorgeous. Yeah. So those are the two bits of Meridian memorabilia. I would have loved Fishy's jacket if Mark had given me the chance to buy it, but he didn't, which was just rude of him. <laughs> <laughs> I would have loved that lavender jacket. That would have been. It did look there. good on you, actually. It did look good on it's me. one of your colours, your best colours. Let's not get into that. Let's not start talking colour analysis. Um, all right, look, uh, that's it for this week. Uh, sorry, that's been all over the place, but I, it was just a. Stuff that I didn't think would fit anywhere else that um, I thought it was worth mentioning in in the grander scheme of things. Do you agree with that, Sanya? I absolutely agree. Hey, validation. <laughs> That's all I need, just a little bit. Just a little bit from time to time. So, talking of validation, why not send us an email telling us how much you love the podcast? <laughs> no, send us an email about anything. You could ask us a question if you want to, but... Uh, we are next week going to do the radiation post bag. So if you want to talk to us about that, that's great. Yes. What you thought of it at the time, what you think about it now, anything to do with it. Or, or the wall, um, unplugged at the walls. Or unplugged at the walls. Or Pink Floyd's The Wall, which Sanya nearly said. <laughs> um, our, Either. Our email address is beampod at gmail.com. Go and follow us on Facebook and Twitter. You can find it. Look, you're not babies. Uh, and support us on Patreon. I mentioned the address earlier. It's in the description of this episode. That would be lovely because you might get a bonus episode this week. You might get the episode early. Well, you will. You will get next week's episode early. Exciting. So next week, uh, letters, week after. Are we going to start doing dot com? Yeah, we could. Week after? Yeah, I suppose Unless we get a massive influx of letters. And have to do two weeks worth again. Yeah, but I think... As it stands, I think letters we can do in one week so far. And are you ready to do dot com the week after? Yeah, we'll be. I mean, I've already listened to it a few times. God, we're getting closer but, to what um, I regard the modern era of. I Meridian. made a mistake by not leaving at least a few days between radiation and dot com. So mm. my first listening wasn't the same as my second or subsequent listenings. Fascinating. That was boring, wasn't it? Mm. That was a really boring sentence. Mm. Well, I don't want to give it away, <laughs> but yeah, I had 
I had a quite a strong opinion after the first listen and then listened to it again and was like, oh. Okay, don't give it away. You look with... with it could mean... That could go either way. It could. Let's leave it there. People can fill in the blanks. Yes. I think it's Marillion's worst album. <laughs> <laughs> How's that for a blank? Right. Okay. Uh, we'll talk to you next week on the Radiation Postcat. 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 Uh, we'll talk to you next week. Postcat. I'm trying to actually. I'm trying to correct my fluff. <laughs>